Watson. Matches my, this one matches my outfit better. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> the blue one doesn't match. <laughs> okay, let me get situated. All right, did anybody, this morning, that healing this morning, did anybody have a healing that they already know happened? Because I'm anxious to hear if somebody had a healing. And a lot of you weren't even here this morning. Some of you weren't here. Yeah, okay, so that's all right. That was pretty powerful this morning. The Lord was really amazing, wasn't he? So we're going we're gonna to continue on. Whoops, there it is. Okay, come up here. Come on up here. Thank you. Well, I wasn't looking for all that, but uh, anyways. Wow. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> anyways, I, I don't know physically. I feel like. Uh, I've had a battle with a few different things going on, but I think that there was a healing anointing here this morning, and we're going to have to fight for it and just keep believing for it, and that's my word on that. Keep contending that you receive from the Lord. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's, that's a good word. That's a very good word. Let me turn on this little doodat so we can do this. So... Um, you know, the reason I put up both of my logos is because uh, Strategic Elite Alliance is the prayer network that I have. It's actually people from all over the country that uh, come together, and it's alliance. It's not really in a network. It's an alliance, and we work together to pray for covert things that the elite are doing. But we're really the Strategic Elite Alliance. They're not the elite. And actually, the Lord, when he first started leading me to pray over that structure, he called them the power brokers. That's the words he used to me many years ago when he said that to me. And even the prophetic word that we had received from Chuck Pierce, that we would defeat Babylon in days ahead. That's what that system is. That system that's opposed to what God is trying to do in the earth. So that's what Strategic Elite Alliance is. And so FOTAM is the fire on the altar. That's my apostolic network of ministries and churches and most people know that because I've had that for many, many, many years. So that's why there's both of those there. Um, so far, the Lord has been really just doing amazing things in how he is showing us how he is coming down. I am come down and the winds of his spirit. So we're going to do a little quick recap like I always do. And then we'll get on to the next portion, the last portion of this. So... We know, well, I wanted to recap on this thing. Last year when I came here, that fire angel came. And so I, the Lord told me to put it in there tonight to remind you that the fire of God is still going forth even though he's blowing his winds. It's the winds and the fire now. And I just want to remind you of all the things that God has said even over your region here, that water gate. Now, I didn't have time to put the picture up. But there's a portal here. There's a gate here. And I had seen that picture where it looked like the ocean and a big hole where the water was just going down. And he said, that is the, the portal over Skyatook. And that's when I started coming. And it started flooding here. And it flooded every time I would come here. Remember that for a couple of times when I would come here, it would flood. And we even wondered one time if I was going to get out of here. Because the Lord flooded it. 
And it was prophetic about what he's doing in this region. And so not only did he say it was a water gate, but then he said, well, the fire's coming. And so we know that story about the angel that came. And even when Ray Garcia was here last, last time, his daughter saw the angel standing here when I said, that angel is here. And she saw that angel here. And I just wanted to remind you that God is still moving that way. None of that has changed. What he's doing in this region, that prophetic word that he's going to pour out over this place. And even how he prophesied this place would be an oasis. And all of that, and his move of glory here, so and the fire coming. So I just wanted to remind you of some of those things that God has said to you in the past. And we're building on what he said, you know. And so we know this is a Passover decade. We know that we're going to go through something every year. And we learned earlier today even about that God had sent that eclipse over the United States. It was the beginning of his announcement that we were entering a new era and a new time in the nation and the nations. And I told you, I looked up all the end time scriptures about what it said, and he said, no, no, I want you to look at Egypt because the next decade is about dealing with the no gods and dealing with Pharaoh and learning to war, come out of captivity. And I believe the Lord is raising up the army of the Lord in the church. Not just the prayer networks anymore. Not just the prayer networks. You know, I'm still, I used to be with uh, John Benefield for many, many years. And, uh, and I'm still on the council with Cindy for the Reformation Prayer Network. And... I believe that was a beginning and a laying of the groundwork and the plowing for God to raise up all kinds of other armies in the earth. And I believe that's what God is doing. And even others in the ministries that have been associated with both John and Cindy have started all kinds of things and are doing all kinds of different things just like I am. And so I just wanted to say that's why even this morning I said, you are the army of the Lord. We are the army of the Lord. You don't have to be in a prayer network to war over what's happening in our nation. And in fact, you shouldn't just want to be in a prayer network warring. We should all be warring over what's happening in this nation. We talked about this morning how Moses and Aaron had to learn how to walk new because God wanted them to get out of Egypt. God's trying to get the church out of Egypt right now. God's trying to wake us up and say to us, this was never your promised land. This was not your promised land. You've got a war for your promised land. That's right. There's more. So we learned that and we learned even that the magicians and sorcerers could no longer stand before Moses and Aaron. You see, God is building up his mantle of authority in his church. We even talked about the weather, which we'll talk about it later. We're going to call the rain down. And I told you what happened in all those places that we prayed. Because God is making himself known. And God is awakening the church to say, you will volunteer freely on my day of power. This is that hour. We crossed over to a whole new decade. So even Moses and Aaron had to learn. 
And pretty soon the magicians could no longer stand before them. I'm telling you, the false signs and lying wonders happening over the nation and the nation are going to start coming down faster and more often. They already are coming down. But God is awakening us to that all of that scientific manipulation of viruses and weather and all kinds of things. Hello? It's time to make a stand. You know, that is a manipulation of the created order. It is. But God, the creation was fashioned to obey him. And it obeys him through your voice. Remember that. You are his voice in the earth. Say, I am his voice in the earth. We've said that lots of times here. Yes, we have. I drive it into you. So we know all these things happened, and we know the Passover lamb came. And we know it was a symbol and a prophetic picture of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the Passover lamb. But you see, Jesus has done all that. It's time for us to come out of Egypt. It's time for us to get out of thinking that we don't have to pray anymore. It's time for us to get ready for what is coming. Because we've crossed over. And we talked about Psalm 77. I told you how the Lord's foot just came into my office. And he said to me, I am come down. And in Psalm 77, on the second half of that chapter, because we're recapping, we're not going to teach on it again. But it talks first about that God is a holy God. You know, and a lot of teachings talk about that Red Sea crossing as a baptism <laughs> for Israel. But God came down in front of them. It says that in Psalm 77, it says that the water saw you, O God, and they fled. You see, the creation knows who God is, and the church needs to know who God is. And they didn't see him because his footprints weren't known. And he walked in front of them. It says that he led Moses and Aaron through the ocean. But they didn't know it was him. And he, they didn't even know he came down. That's the thing. But he is telling you, I am come down. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Baal Safan tonight, too. It's something that God gave me about probably six years ago. And now God is resurrecting that. Well, not resurrecting that. God is speaking that even to his prophets right now, again, that we are getting ready to deal with Baal Safan. When Israel did cross the Red Sea, when they came to the Red Sea, they were facing Baal-Saphon. Right. Now, Baal-Saphon was actually, and it's this place right over here. Let's see if I don't have that little thing here. See the little blue triangle? And Israel crossed right over here, and they were facing Pihoth-Harath. Now, Pihoth-Harath was a temple built there was a temple right there built to Baal Safan. Because Baal Safan was actually worshipped by the Canaanites, by all the different ite nations, all those nations we talked about earlier, who after the flood messed up and went back to following what we call the no-gods, because I refuse to call them gods. So this is the path that God led Israel through in the Red Sea, right in front of Baal-Saphon. 
I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because this is prophetic for what is to come. God has been raising up the church. He's teaching us that we don't have to put up with the magicians and the sorcerers. He's teaching us that we need to pray to come out of captivity. And he's teaching us that no matter what God they believe in or what they believe is going to happen in the earth, God has a plan. You see, that's what's wrong with us right now. We listen to the media. We listen to even people in church saying this is it. And that is not God's plan. Okay, I'm going to say it to you. It is not God's plan. Will it shake? Yes, it's going to shake. You know why? Because the powers in the heavens are shaking. And we talked about when Daniel came out, well, when Daniel sought the Lord about coming out of Babylon, because he didn't come out, but he warred for it. When he did that, do you know it was Nisan, which is the beginning right at Passover? So really, Daniel is right now on this prayer. According to the Bible, several thousands of years ago, this is right now when Daniel was crying out about this. Same cycle, that's exactly right. We're at that place where Daniel was crying out and standing in the gap for his forefathers. And God revealed to him, you're leaving one era and coming into a new era. And there was a war, we talked about this, between the Persians and the Greeks in the natural because of what the prophetic word was with Daniel for the king of Babylon, that these four civilizations will be the Gentile nations that rule. You see, we're at the end of the Roman structure. Yes, we're at the end. That system is still there. But I want to remind you of that statue, and I didn't put it in the PowerPoint because I didn't have time, because I do have a picture of it. That statue was the weakest at the bottom of the statue where we are today. Yeah? And the kingdom was divided. Now, I'm here to tell you because I do pray for the power brokers. We pray for them to get saved. But I've been praying over their systems for many, many years because it's a prophetic word over my state, Iowa, for one thing. And it's a prophetic word over my camp of prophets and people from Chuck Pierce that we will defeat Babylon. And so I know that's happening. And we've seen it happen. We've seen their structures come down. We went to pray for the global banking centers, and after that, the, the, the banking system in London was exposed for robbing trillions of dollars from the nations. And they got off of what is called the LIBOR rate. Now, Carol, this prophet Carol Manzier, who's with me and her husband, they have a church in Des Moines. He's a, also a banker, and so he keeps me... Uh, apprised of what happens to them behind the scenes that you don't see on the news and you don't hear in the United States of America because they don't want to tell you because they have to keep up a front okay however they were sued by all kinds of nations and had to pay back and the nations no longer use their LIBOR rate it's called the LIBOR right Li uh, London International Banking Rate now, that might not seem like a big deal to you, but it is a big deal. 
because they were robbing from every nation. And you didn't even know that they were robbing from you. You didn't know that they were robbing from the nations. You didn't know that these people were setting up this banking system a long time ago so they could plunder your wealth. And that was one of their major, major high strongholds. They had an altar even in uh, London that we knew about because of a woman who'd come out of captivity from them who had, was one of the three highest witches in the world. This is terrible, this thing. However, she got out. She got saved. How about that? And she said where that altar was, how they did 24-hour blood ritual. This is terrible. And God told me, you need to go over there and shut that thing off. So we did. And the amazing thing about that is, you know, the blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance in the universe. Do you know that? And the Lord told me, my blood is eternal. It sits in heaven. It's not in time. I died several thousand years ago, but my blood is speaking the same today. And actually, when he died, it spoke all the way back to the beginning of the earth. You see, earth and this galaxy and whatever, however God's got it done, is, it's in a time capsule right now. But they live in eternity. So when Jesus ascended from time, he went to eternity and took his blood to the Father and gave it to him. And it's the most powerful substance in the universe. It trumps all other blood. It trumps all other power. It trumps all other strategies of the enemy. Do we know that? Do we really believe that? Are we warring like that? Because I said to God, if I'm going to go pray at this altar, which was in a place that you would not imagine it would be, and it was hidden underground in the place, and the Lord said to me, I said, they're doing this 24 hours. I'm going to go over there and pray that day, and they're going to keep doing it. What are you going to do about that? That's my favorite sentence to the Lord. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> and he said to me, you take my blood and you wash everything with the blood of Jesus. Because every, the creation remembers. Did you know that the creation remembers everything? Trees remember. Trees pull up the iniquity from the land and they carry it. You carry iniquity. Your body, your spirit remembers things. And the blood cleanses all of that and changes all of that. And even glass and, and rock, and we've talked about this, that the rocks cry out and that rocks remember. Because Joshua took a stone when he finished covenanting with Israel before he died. He said, this stone will be a witness after he read the book of the law. And it heard all the words we have spoken. You see, the creation is a witness against us. So the Lord told me, wash all the memory of everything done here, all the way back to Adam and all the way forward so that the creation will not be impacted by this. And the faith that God gave me when he said that to me, I know I never have to go back and pray there. I don't care how many times I do it. I don't care if they pick it up. I don't care if they build a bigger one. It's not having the desired results that they want anymore because I have forbidden it. I have forbidden it. And the creation does not want 
to cooperate, does it? No. The creation is waiting for the sons of God and to help you. That's what happened with Moses and Aaron. Every time God told Moses and Aaron what to say and do, the creation responded and helped. The same thing happened to Deborah. The stars in heaven fought for Deborah. You could go on and on and on with all the stories in the word of God all the way through the whole New Testament of how God's creation will help you. And I have hundreds of stories I could tell you, but we're not going to do that. I'm giving you that example, but I wanted to give the example about the power of the blood. How powerful Jesus' blood is to stop what they're doing. Now, why would they have a 24-hour thing? What is the big deal about that? Because they refuse to worship God. That's it. And they think if they give blood to the enemy, they're going to be rich. They're going to be wealthy. They're going to plunder you. And they're going to get everything they want. Yes. You see, the enemy doesn't give out things. See, God is a loving father. And he had a plan for your life, and he wants to bless you and prosper you. However, the devil requires blood. And especially on the highest levels. He does. He requires something. He requires you to disobey God, for one thing. He requires you to renounce your love for God. But he requires something. Blood. Nations can't fight against nations without blood. Blood is given. Altars, contracts, or blood are made. That's how things are done. Now, what does that matter for you? What it matters to you is you need to know that the blood of Jesus can cancel anything like that. Whether it's your county or your state or your city or your nation, the blood of Jesus can break everything that the enemy is doing and stop any occult system behind the scenes. Now, I don't expect you to run around and go to London and pray over that altar. <laughs> That's not why I'm telling you this. Why I'm telling you this is, if I can go to one of the highest occult altars in the world and God can shut them down because I obeyed him, you think he's going to help you? And whatever your part and your call in this battle is right now on earth to get us ready for this great harvest that's coming, yes, he can and he will and he does. He will. So Baal Safan. When they left Egypt, he was the last God to be judged. And most of the time when you hear people teaching about the Exodus, they don't even talk about Baal-Saphon, which is really interesting to me. Now, the reason that I like this, and I want to talk about what happened in Egypt. We'll come back to this. The last of Egypt, the Egyptians... They were judged at the Red Sea and it opened up and Israel crossed through on dry ground. And you read that in Exodus 14. And Baal-Zephon is called Lord of the North. He was the form of the Canaanite storm god Baal. That's why he's really called Baal-Zephon. And he's also identified as Hadad. Now, one of, he's also called Lord of the North, but he's also over wealth and trade and business and just everything you can imagine. That's what they believed. Now, another name for Egypt is Rahab. Not the Rahab who helped Joshua. But God called Egypt Rahab. And there's scriptures to show you that that's, he called her that, which we'll look at. 
Baal was known, known as the dragon sea serpent, the storm god, the god of trade and wealth. He was a dragon. Now, I've heard the prophets, because I go to the prophetic council down in Texas with Cindy, and the word of the Lord is we're dealing with a dragon now. This is the dragon, Baal Safan. This is who we're battling against. This is who the elite and the power brokers are giving their power to. Just like Egypt. And this is what the word says about Rahab, which is Egypt. I shall mention Rahab and Babylon among those who know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. This one was born there. So you see, God called Egypt Rahab in the word also. And then it says, he quieted the sea with his power in Job, and by his understanding, he shattered Rahab. Well, we know he didn't shatter the, Ra the spy Rahab who helped Joshua later. He didn't shatter her. And then it says in Psalms 89, you yourself crushed Rahab like one who was slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. And this is where it actually says, even Egypt, whose help is in vain and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab, who has been exterminated. And I'm here to tell you, God is going after Rahab. God is going after Egypt. God is going after Baal Safan. This is what we're warring over in our nation. We talked about earlier, there's a natural war, a physical war in the Ukraine and Russia because that's a picture of a shifting of the power elite that have been controlling the nations for over a hundred years right now. That war is what that is really all about. It is not about Russia. It is not about the Ukraine. It is about us coming into the next era. So don't get confused. Now, do we pray for the people of Ukraine? Yes, we do because they're in the middle of this mess, and the people of Russia. But from sources that I have, and I told you this earlier, the highest level witches and everything you can imagine have gathered in Ukraine, and the highest shaman in Russia are gathering, and this is not even just becoming a military war anymore. It has become a spiritual war. And guess who's going to win? Neither one of them, in a sense. Jesus is going to win. Because what these people think they're going to bring in the earth from bringing this shaking, God's going to have his way. Okay? Now it says, awake, awake. Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake is in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces who pierced the dragon? So Rahab, Egypt is not only called Rahab. Egypt is called the dragon. Belsifon, the name suits very well the site of a city in the uncultivated places between the Nile and the Red Sea in the picture I just showed you, which were regarded as the abode of Typhon, or the evil demon of the Egyptians. Now, that's the other name they called him was Typhon, and Typhon was the dragon. And you see, that's in the word. Now, the Hebrew Dictionary Online says the idol at Belsifon was the only one that remained unharmed when God sent the tenth plague upon Egypt which not only brought death to men and animals, but destroyed the idols. You see, when I went and prayed at that altar, God destroyed that altar, that idol. 
When that earthquake came years ago in Washington, D.C., because we all went to all the Masonic lodges in the nation, and then we went to the, the big nation, the big lodge in Washington, D.C., that altar cracked in half. And that's God's way of saying, I am tearing down the altars. I am calling my people to tear down these altars that they use for power. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You see, God is revealing to us. I want to strip their power. I want to make my name great in the earth. You see, he stripped the power of the no gods in Egypt. That's what he did. That's why the magicians and the sorcerers could no longer stand before Moses and Aaron and begged Pharaoh, please let him go, let him out of here. And you see, that's what God's training his people to do now, to start warring and to begin warring or to keep warring, whichever place you're at, so that you will defeat these structures. We talked about the weather today how they're scientifically manipulating it, how they're announcing there's going to be a famine in the earth, and it's engineered. They're engineering it. It started when Biden forbid us to drill our own oil. That's what happened. How many of you know that? But you're like, but what do we do about it? Right? What do we do about that? I always say to the Lord, what are you going to do about that? It's <laughs> my favorite sentence, except for I want to know. But you see, we're going to pray. But we're going to strip their altars. You see, that's what's been going on in the prayer networks for a number of years now. We've been stripping the altars of the enemy. We've had to go back and look at ancient altars because the elite, they resurrect ancient sites for power. That's why God wants us to tear it all the way down. That's why he told his people in the ancient times, tear them all the way down. It isn't just so we can tear down an altar that looks like it's old and it's not doing anything and it's sitting there. No. These people know what they were used for in ancient times. They've actually become experts in archaeological studies of ancient altars. Mm -hmm. When I went to Megiddo, there was a little museum there and a little archaeological dig site from the Rockefeller family. And I was like, what are they doing here at Valley of Megiddo and they found the oldest Baal altar in the world and took it to Chicago and put it in the Oriental Museum with all the others. Yes, John D. Rockefeller collected Baal altars. How about that? Did you know that? Mm. Why? Why? For power. To glorify the enemy. And it isn't because they have more power than us. It's because we don't realize we need to tear those things down. That's all it is. That's all I had to do to go to London. Just like that temple I told you, the highest Buddhist temple in the world. One of the highest occult structures for the elite. I was told by others except for Cindy Jacobs, thank God, she told me, you go into that place. And I did, and I prayed. And I told you, I was at a meeting in Washington, D.C. on the Tibetan New Year, and that, old, that whole temple burned down to the ground. That's God. And when we went to Jotamat, to the, and, and we went to the birthplace of Hinduism, God told me, you prophesy an earthquake over these mountains because the earth is going to shake out the iniquity. There was an earthquake 
And I told you, an earthquake came. It shook Mount Everest. I went to Mount Everest. Yes, I did. I went to the highest place in the world because God told me I had to go to the highest altars in the world, and I did. And he shook those mountains, and I told you what happened in Nepal, that 80% of the Hindu temples were destroyed. 80%. And I have friends there. When I went there, they told me the finger of God came down. And it wasn't because of me. It's because it's time. But it's also because they were using it for power. Do you see why I did it? I could care less. Except that they're not going to operate in power in my territory. They're not going to operate in power against my country. They're not going to operate in power against my family. They're not going to operate in power to, to build up my government deceitfully. You hear what I'm saying to you? That's why you have to tear down. That's what God did in Egypt. He used Moses and Aaron to tear down that which gave the enemy power. And remember, we talked about he wanted to make his name great in the nations. And the nations were scared. When the nations heard what happened to Egypt, they were scared. That's what he wanted. Because then he wanted to say, but I want to save you. I love you. Stop following those no gods or you're going to go just like they are. You're going to go down just like them. That's what he was trying to show Israel. That's what he's trying to show the church today. This awakening that we're in is we do not have to sit back and cry and wonder what is God doing. Because if we rise up in prayer and we make a stand in whatever way God is telling you, at every level, you will defeat what is coming against the purposes of God. Now, when we talked about Daniel and how Persia was fighting against Greece and he had been fasting and the, and the angel came and told him, Daniel, we heard your prayer. But the prince of Persia withstood. Now, I'm telling you right now, the enemy does not want us to shift into this next place in the earth that God has planned. He doesn't want the church to rise up. He doesn't want the church to come out of the deceit that we've been under, not believing we could conquer anything. He wants us to be oppressed. He wants you to bow down to the government and socialism. Yes, that's political. So was Pharaoh. That's political. Throw me in jail. I'm not bowing to Pharaoh. I will not bow down. I teach my grandson because he lives with me. He's nine years old. We don't bow down to the no gods. They tried to teach him yoga in school, and I told you that. And he asked me, why can I do that? He didn't like it. He knew something was wrong. And I told him, Zayden, that every bow of yoga is to the sun god, which is Baal. Every, po every pose of yoga is Baal worship. And he went to school, and the teacher said, why can't you do that? And he said, because I don't bow down to the no gods. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. We don't bow down to the no gods. Today, we've been bowing down to the no gods because we haven't known. We didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know they were using it for power until the Lord showed me. And then he showed me, you just, all you have to do is go tear it down. Look at my word. It's all in the word. That's what he always told his people to do, tear it down. Now, I'm not going to go over there and knock down that building. I'd like to blow it up, but I can't, or I really would go to jail. <laughs> but in the spirit, I blew it up. I'm telling you now, I blew it up. When we went to Everest and prophesied, when we went to the Himalayas and prophesied, God blew it up. You know what the earth did? It shook. And it said, yes! And the earthquake shook out the iniquity that they were putting in it. And 80% of those temples were destroyed. National Geographic. Mm -hmm. And all the Christians in Nepal helped all those poor Buddhists and, and, and Hindus. Not the government and not even the Hindus. The Hindus wouldn't even do a thing. Or the Buddhists, which it was more Hindu in Nepal. In Nepal, it's more Hindu than it is Buddhist. In Tibet, it's Buddhism. However, there's a great revival going on in Nepal right now. <laughs> there's a great move of God in Pakistan right now. Oh, listen to this story. This will even get you. This man was a very well-respected Buddhist monk, and he died. He got really sick and died. And when he died, he saw a sign that said, Buddha, Jesus. So he took the sign to Buddha. And when he got to the end where he had been walking, he saw the lake of fire. And there were angels standing in front of the lake and demons there. And they told him, you can't come in, it's not your time. But he looked in the lake and he saw Buddha burning in the lake of fire. And they told him, go back, you can't come here. So he got back on the road and he walked the other direction. And guess who he ran into? <laughs> Jesus! And Jesus told him how his whole family, how his whole nation had been deceived. And he begged to go back. So Jesus sent him back. But this is how they do things over there. In India, if you die, they burn you on the, on the water and throw your ashes in the water, in the river. In Tibet, they take you up to the mountain. If the vultures eat you, then you are a good person. Yeah. That's how it works. Now, in Buddhism also, and that's what they do in Buddhism, they also will burn you in a wooden box if they don't live close to a mountain where the vultures are. That's how it works. There are no graveyards in Tibet. I went there. I know. None. Zero. I don't know what happens to the Christians. I think they hide their burials. But the thing that's amazing is this man had been in the box for four days. He stunk. Thousands of people from all around came, weeping and crying because he was a very well-respected, very popular Buddhist priest. And he sat up! <laughs> now, I don't know this man, but I got the story from the people that know the man, okay? He sat up. And many people came to the Lord. And there's a big thing right now in Pakistan. He had to hide for his life. But he came back to tell them not to follow the no gods. 
God is shaking up the nations. He is. The elite are trying to crush the nations and destroy people. Yes, they want to get rid of the useless eaters. If you look up Yuval Noah Harari, I told you this earlier, and I, I, this isn't anything hidden. It's right on the internet. So I'm not like spelling out some secret documents or anything like that. And I'm not going to get killed for telling you this. At least I hope not. Well, they're going to have to go through my angels anyway. He's announcing no more Jesus. No more Jesus. No, we're not going to take anything from the Middle East anymore. No, we are gods. No, we're going to get rid of all these useless people. The COVID pandemic is going to be remembered as a sign of the earth changing. And we shifted into being gods and living under the skin, which means they plan on giving you something so they can control you. Not unless we do nothing. Do you think God wants us to do that? He doesn't. He told me he doesn't. He doesn't. What he does want is for us to come through into this next era. You see, God saved Baal-Saphon for the end. Because Pharaoh said, Baal-Saphon will kill them. We have Baal-Saphon, we're not done yet. <laughs> That's what the enemy said. But God himself came down. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. This is where we are in this era. God came down in my office and he said, I am come down. <coughs> Excuse me. And I read you Exodus 3.8. He came down to see what was going on. And I'm telling you, God has been coming down and he's watching all this. But he's looking for those who are going to war and pray and stand. And this isn't conspiracy. This is reality. Now, everybody's not supposed to run around the world like I am doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you and your area here. And what they're trying to do through your government, your city, your school board. Someone shared earlier about the BLM movement coming. And he said, no, this is my land. I said, hallelujah. That's the way it's supposed to be. And they prayed, and they prepared, and they came, and they didn't get what they wanted. And he even said they spent a million dollars, and they didn't even get to have their meeting. Hello? You see, God knew that was going to be the same with Baal Safan, even though Moses didn't know it. All Moses had to do, and the people of God had to do, was do what God was telling them to do. And what is God telling us to do? What do you think God's telling us to do? Pray. Stand. And ask God. That's the other thing. You ask God. What did Moses always do? He asked God. He asked God. Now what? I'm at the Red Sea. Now what? Are you going to pick us up and carry us over? Uh, what are you doing? Are you going to pull a drain? <laughs> I mean, who knows what Moses was thinking, okay? He's standing at the Red Sea. The army's behind him. He has a pillar in front of him and a pillar of fire behind him. And everybody's yelling at him. Yep. That's our nation right now. We're standing there right now. We have nowhere to go, it seems like, doesn't it? 
You see, but God intentionally spared Belsafon in order to strengthen the infatuation of Pharaoh. I'm telling you now, the battle that's going on in Russia and Ukraine, God has intentionally allowed it right now because we're shifting. And there's battles over the heavens right now about what's coming next, the season that's next. And things that you did not even know about that's been happening in your country and all the countries are coming to the light that have been going on for a long, long time. Because we didn't pay attention, did we? We didn't know, did we? We trusted them, didn't we? But now we know, don't we? 